Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, coming to you from my Silver Bullet podcast station in Whistler, BC. I'm uh, getting ready for a few weeks to be leaving on yet another adventure off to Iceland to guide a group of, group of people across that spectacular landscape. And, uh, and it's a destination I've been to time and time again. And it, it makes me think about lots of the misadventures I had with my lady there at times before. One time we're driving on the road and, uh, the, it was so icy that the car kept sliding to the side and there isn't much of a shoulder in Iceland to keep you from rolling off into the volcanic pit. And uh, it was extremely stressful, so much so that she was almost in tears about how nerve-wracking the drive was. Now, I share this with you just because um, it's all about this. Today, tonight's show is all about love and adventure. And do they really go together? Fifteen years now I've been married to a lady that had never done adventure before meeting me. We've had some epic times, some close calls, and our share of crazy misadventure. We've also had sex in the wild. So jump in with me tonight as I chat to you a little bit about the highs and lows of adventure and love. So let's kick it off with, uh, with talking a little bit about the different stages in which love and adventure can mix because you could be in the early stages of a relationship or just starting one and think to yourself, you know what? I'm going to take this new girl out camping and I'll take her canoe camping. And then maybe perhaps I'll choose the end of May, which is my birthday, um, or to have the, this canoe trip. And all of which I'm just telling you is actually the not-so-grand idea that I had in the early stages of my relationship with Shireen. You see, she comes from a Lebanese Muslim background from Dakar, Senegal, in West Africa. That's my lady. And she obviously comes from a culture that was never into backcountry adventures, camping, or sports, for, for that matter. Indeed, it's just not a very big part of Lebanese culture to go out camping, and even less so in a, in a, in a country like Senegal. So, so that's a bit of the background. So I had met her, and uh, I joke to people often that I met her as a bear was chasing her down the trail, when in truth, I met her at a bar and bought her a glass of wine. But it was early winter, and we couldn't get out on uh, on this type of backcountry adventure, although I did take her skiing, which is an adventure in itself, and um, and I took her. I decided that in May, when everything had had thawed and we could finally go on a backcountry trip, that it would be a grand idea to take her canoe camping. So we drive a few hours north of Montreal, and uh, the canoe is on the SUV, and it is prime bug season. And you know, this is my parenthesis for you on should you take a girl or a partner 
on adventure early on <laughs> because the canoe's on the car. And I I know I've said this on some podcast before, but she starts to swat and bat as, as flies and bugs and mosquitoes buzz around her. She absolutely freaks out, jumps and turns her head and smacks herself on the canoe coming off the roof and bursts into tears. And, um, and, and I'm just like, you know, I don't know if this relationship is going to work. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then she comes down and I'm, and she's like, I want to go home. And I'm like, listen, it's going to be wonderful. We're going to have a great and grand time. And, um, and so we're unloading the car and then she gets, she's, you know, she's really not used to having bugs around her and just a bee zips by and a fly zips by and it just, freaks her out again and she jumps and turns and yes she smacks her head a second time on the canoe and starts to burst into tears um and all i can think to say is like this is going to be the date the camping date from hell <laughs> because how how are we going to go through this and uh and i just tell her i'm like listen Shane, can you just help me take the canoe off the car. And, um, and so she did. And off we went paddling out. And I think this is a good story uh, to begin in chatting about adventure and love, because a big part of adventure and love is, is kind of the old adage of put a new couple in a canoe. And if they survive past the end of the day, or a canoe trip there, you know, for that matter, then they'll be just fine and they'll survive in their relationship and in the same way um when you jump into adventure uh you basically are stuck with the person uh you can't leave you can't get away <laughs> you're you're really forced to deal with your emotions towards that new person or date oh my excuse me uh, towards that new person. And, and that makes it a big, big testing ground to see if your love will survive adventure. And I think perhaps that's what I should have called tonight's episode, which is, will your love survive adventure? In Canada, there are nearly 43,000 divorces that were granted in 2020. That's like one in 300 people uh, married here as an adult, end up getting divorced. And uh, it's very sad, you know, of course, um, but it is what it is. And and I'm not the one to start today's show on talking about that side of relationship, because tonight's focus is really just to, to tell you a bit about our misadventures in our search for having a relationship with love in it. Um, and so it began with smacking her head on the canoe and uh, and we would kick out into Laverandre backcountry, and she would be um, at first quite quite scared in that she wouldn't she didn't want anybody to um, she was anybody she she was concerned that a bear would come come by the tent and uh, and so was a little bit concerned at the first evenings. But as she began to get accustomed to to adventure in the backcountry, um, our love, I think grew in that in that stage um for for many of the activities that we did um it it took going through adversity together on the backcountry adventure in order for us to really fall for each other 
And, uh, and I think if you, if you push your limits on a backcountry adventure with a partner and you successfully overcome that, uh, adventure, <laughs> whatever it may be, canoe trip, learning to kite surf, etc., then perhaps you'll come out stronger than you started. And that's basically, you know, I really got to figure out something about uh, how do you prevent a yawn when you're on a podcast? Because I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, and so just a little bit more here, you know. Um, so I, I wanted to tell you, you know, how a lot of the obstacles that we overcame is what made our relationship pretty strong. In the early days, people used to say, well, how are you going to be an influencer? Um, and, and we're like, no, well, this is one of the biggest adventures that we've ever gone on. So, so we're going to try and kick out and, uh, and see if we can make, uh, this, this relationship work. And, and, you know, in, in the uncertainty of adventure, whether it be life decisions or going out into the back country, um, you tend to either find yourself or in certain cases, find each other. Um, and, and several times during the early stages of my relationship with Shireen, she hesitated about being in the relationship. Um, and she said, oh, you know, this is just not for me and your adventures are a little bit too intense. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, 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 we must stay together and, and, and whatnot. Um, and that led to almost 15 years of adventures together. Um, and of course the greatest ones coming along, uh, with, with kids, but, uh, another spicy part about, uh, adventuring and finding love is that you go back to your basics when you're in nature. I mean, you're canoe camping and the trees are, the leaves are rustling in the wind and the sun is setting. And, and one of the things that we love to do, uh, when we're, backcountry camping, and it was just the lady and I, is that we would often be not naked, naked, sometimes naked, well, often naked, but not f like a blend of, uh, of very little clothes and no clothes, particularly on hot destinations. Um, and this, you know, did make for a pretty exciting um, sex life when we were out in the back country because it's and I, I, th I think it's kind of raw in that uh <laughs> that you're straddling a canoe and no <laughs> that sounds terrible no that you're uh you're out in the wild and you're back to basics you don't even have a mirror to look at yourself and and in a way the person that you're with in the back country is your mirror um in how they act with you and 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 how they uh and how you do things together and and Often on these backcountry trips where there is misadventure, where things go wrong, it's it's often on these um, trips that afterwards one realizes um, that it was actually for the better because by coming through that adversity, you get closer, but not just closer in a metaphorical sense, but the excitement of staying alive, staying alive, <laughs> uh, often translates to the bedroom or tent in this case. And, uh, and I think that's a pretty common thing. Also, adventure at tropical destinations are also very good for love. <laughs> because in our case, it's uh, most definitely true that we're uh, much more sexually active when, uh, when we're on a beach and uh, she's in bikinis all day, and I'm in my 
spectacular looking speedo <laughs> sorry i had to ruin <laughs> your image there and um and and that i think is the type of trip where uh where i guess love is enhanced and perhaps it's why so many people go to tropical destinations together um is because there is an excitement in being clothed limitedly <laughs> if that's even a word um and that adds a lot to it um when it comes to that that type of trip you know um i've i've chatted with a little bit with you of uh, the hardship of of bringing together but uh when you're out in the back country i wanted also to share with you but i do believe it's disappeared from where i had it uh it was a story that i had writ um about one of our adventures and this was about the back end of that adventure, but it doesn't seem like I can locate it at the moment. So I will go on. Um, one of the things that going on a backcountry uh, trip definitely uh, brings into perspective is that you get to know the person quite quickly uh, in their habits, in the conversation that you might have on the trail, um, in their sense, smells, or lack thereof uh, on the trail. So so it is a uh, a type of trip that I do believe creates uh, a flame of love and, and can often add to it. But I also have seen friends and heard of friends that are like, oh my God, I'm, I went on this trip with this girl in the back country and she was yabbering and jabbering about anything and I just wanted to listen to the birds. And, and I guess... And it just went all wrong. And I think this just emphasizes that a place like the back country, if you don't have very similar ideas about how to behave in the back country or how to interact with each other, then of course things might not go uh, as you expect them. You know, we went on a ski trip to Zermatt um, and we had uh, in Switzerland and we had this spectacular powder dump, um, which was like knee deep powder, just absolutely sublime. And Shireen and I are skiing in it, and she's just, the skis are flying in every direction. She's tumbling and turning, and she's having a terrible time, and she's in tears once again. And uh, and all I'm thinking to myself is like, wow, I wish my friends were here because they absolutely love this. And right now, I just really want to go enjoy that skiing <laughs> and leave this girl here because I'm not really enjoying it when I'm getting uh, berated for taking her on a powder day. And and it's funny because like the canoe uh, on the car story, the story of Shireen absolutely hating the snow and the massive powder dumping that we had in Zermatt is another example of how we didn't have the most amazing of times on the adventure when we were together, uh, or at least we had moments where it was like absolute misadventure. But somehow those are the moments that became not the most special, but the most memorable down the road. And I think this is a great analogy for, for, for whether love and adventure works is that if, if those moments um, hadn't happened, then perhaps our relationship at the time wouldn't be as strong as it was. And tears and tears uh, often leads to, to growth, I think, because it's only by pushing uh, our limits that we actually discover how far we're willing, you know, how, how much we can push ourselves, how much we can actually want to be in that relationship. 
And, uh, and I think that's really interesting, you know, um, that, that these things are the ones that, uh, that set the boundaries on perhaps what love will be later on or not. Um, if I wanted to give you advice on which sports, uh, to go do for your first adventures with someone in search of love, then I would say perhaps it best to take it slowly. And, and I guess what I mean by that is choose a sport that isn't so, uh, difficult, um, because if it is, then, uh, then it might push your limits a little bit too far and you might not be feeling as desireful as, uh, you had might have heard from my story here. You know, I'm going to read you, uh, an excerpt or a uh, article that actually my lady wrote about a time that I lost her in La Verandry. And uh, that's the big expanses of water where I'd love to go paddle. And so this is written by her. And I, I wish I, you know, in retrospect that she was the one reading it to you, but, uh, but I think that'll do just fine because it gives you uh, an essence into how misadventure can often leave to a life of long love. There I was sitting in my kayak in a maze of islands, scared and alone, crying and screaming. A couple of minutes before I had been reminiscing about the amazing week Roberto and I had just spent on my ritual birthday camping trip. It was towards the end of August, my favorite time of year to go camping when the water is warm and most of all, the black flies and mosquitoes are gone. Uh, small reference there to some of our first backcountry uh, trips where she understood that the time of year makes a big difference. Being based out of Montreal, we had decided to go camping at a decent drive distance from our home. Not too far, but still far enough to feel detached and remote. La Verandrie Faunic Reserve is one of the largest reserves in the province of Quebec, with over 4,000 lakes and rivers, two huge reservoirs, Cabonga and Dozois, it is a wilderness camper's paradise. Excuse me. Every year, for our respective birthdays, my husband and I go camping. We feel at home in the wild, and it is the place where we like to detach from society and the busy hustle and bustle of the city. On the morning of day six of our week-long camping trip in Reservoir d'Ozois, we awoke to a beautiful day, blue sunny skies, placid water, and a warming sun. Just my type of paddling conditions. As we walked down from our camp to our kayaks on the beach to get our coffee pot, we noticed some bear prints all over the boats, all around the boats. Boy, were they big. Quebec is home to a population of over 100,000 black bears, while diminutive in size compared to the grizzly counterparts. The majority of bear attacks on humans are by black bears. It was early afternoon when we set off in our kayaks. We had only been paddling for some 30 minutes when my worst nightmare happened. My face was drenched. Tears streamed down uncontrollably. I couldn't believe earlier that day, Roberto and I had, Roberto and I had been enjoying a delicious breakfast in a beautiful and magical place. And now that very same place in all its beauty was petrifying me. I was lost, lost in the middle of a dark blue lake with no phone signal, no map, no compass, and no tent. 
Being in an individual kayak, we had been paddling at our own speed a good 50 meters away from each other. When we got close to an island, you go around the right and I'll go on the left and we'll meet at the end. Um, shouted Roberto. And before I could answer, on he went. It was our second year dating and therefore my second year of adventures. Roberto introduced me to camping. Prior to meeting him, I had never been in a forest or on a kayak or alone in the wild. I was still getting used to the whole kayak camping experience and now I was lost in the middle of nowhere. As soon as Roberto disappeared from my sight, I quickly started paddling to make it to the other end as fast as I could. The island just kept going. There seemed to be no end in sight. Fear took over my reason and I decided to turn around. I was in a maze. A maze of blue lakes and lush green forest. No mountains, no hills, no markers, no map. The Dozoa Reservoir is pocked with islands, islands that all look the same. With a surface area of 123 square miles, I was lost in a big, big wilderness. My thoughts kept going back to the giant bear prints we had seen in the sand. I felt overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. The morning after breakfast, we had packed our boats carelessly. Roberto had with him all the maps, GPS, our tent, both sleeping bags, lighters, and headlamps. I had all the food, pots and pans, some clothes, my jacket, and that's it. I wish I had looked at the map before splitting ways to at least have an idea of how big the island was and where I was located in the reservoir. How could this have happened? Was I really lost? Was this real? Why did we separate? My mind raced through all sorts of emotions, from fear of being lost in the forest, to sadness of never seeing Roberto and my family again, to figuring out how I was going to survive until someone came to get me. I was so new at this, and my thoughts were irrational. After screaming my lens out and crying to the point of hyperventilating, I realized it was the worst reaction one could have, and instead of just panicking, I needed to do something about it. I needed to find him. It seemed like an eternity when I reached the point where we first separated. Still no Roberto, so I went the way he took. Everything looked the same, but yet so different. The island seemed to go on forever. Then I made my second mistake. I doubled back again. I went back the route I'd come on the right of the island. This time I went all the way to the end. It took me about 15 minutes to reach the end of the island, but still no Roberto. Several times while paddling, I thought I could see something shining in the far distance, but it was my mind playing me tricks. I missed him terribly, and I would have given anything in the world to catch a glimpse of him through this maze. I felt lonely, very lonely. I don't think one can ever feel this way unless confronted by such a situation. To be in the wilderness without the right gear, GPS, or map. And again, I was new at it. Half an hour passed, then an hour. The more time passed, the more I felt overwhelmed. I needed to land and calm down. But all, but all I had was food. The bears would surely smell me. I got out of my boat after landing on the sandy shore of the island and sat on a dead tree, waiting, hoping. Calmer but scared, reason told me that he would find me. He had to find me. Nothing. He wasn't there, and it didn't seem that he would be coming this way any time soon. The silence felt deafening. I thought about how Roberto must be feeling. I knew he would be extremely worried. After about an hour on the log, I decided to paddle back to where we first separated ways and wait there. Still nothing. The sun shone high in the sky, 
Time moved slowly. Minutes felt like hours. I was hoping Roberto didn't leave the area to head back to the car, thinking I had gone that way. My tears were gone. I wasn't crying anymore, but the fear remained. Just imagining having to spend the night alone without a fire, a tent, or even a sleeping bag was too terrifying. In retrospect, there was so much I we would have done, but this was only my second year camping. This nightmare seemed to become more a reality. The clock kept ticking. I would have to survive alone. How long would it take him to find me? Has it been two hours already? Really? As all of these thoughts were rushing through my mind, I thought I saw something shining on the water in the distance. It was hard to tell what it was, and I didn't want to get my hopes up. Each time I thought I saw him, it turned to be a mirage. I decided to paddle towards it. I had to try. The glint disappeared. I slumped in my boat, dejected. Then the glint appeared again. Desperate, I paddled as fast as I could toward it. The glint turned into a boat. His boat. I felt elated. But my emotions quickly evaporated when I realized he was paddling away from me. And when Roberto paddles fast, he goes twice my speed. Oh no. The adrenaline pumped and a renewed energy filled my arms. I screamed and paddled, but he was getting further and further away. Suddenly he turned over his shoulder, spotted me, and turned his boat. I couldn't believe it. I don't remember ever having paddled so fast. Our boats smacked together when we reached each other. Tears flowed like Niagara. We clasped together. We kissed. We cried. We hugged in the middle of the lake. I couldn't be mad at him. I was overwhelmed with love, ecstasy, and relief. It's now been seven years that I've been camping and exploring the backcountry with my other half. And since that day, when we're kayaking, we always make sure that each of us has an emergency beacon, a map, a lighter, a GPS, warm clothes, for you never know when the perfect day can turn into a nightmare. So there you go, a little bit of misadventure in the wild, but I've got a caller here, and I'd love to take it. Hello, Garima. Let's see, now you got to take your microphone off if you want to join in, but we'd love to have you call in here. Hello, nice to see you. Hi, Garima. How are you? I'm fine. What about you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today. What can uh, I... What... amazing. I listened up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What questions might you have of our adventures and misadventures? Um, I have a question. It was just really awesome about um, knowing about the adventure of life, uh, love, and that's great. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate that. You know, it's been about 15 years now that I've been uh, with my lady and we've gone through a lot of misadventures like the story I was just uh, saying. But at the end of the day, if you overcome a lot of the tougher stuff in the wild, it's uh, it, you, you create a much stronger bond. Where are you calling from today? You're right. Yeah, and, and where are you calling from today, Garima? Um, sorry, please. Yeah. Um, can you please repeat your oh, question? Uh, I was saying, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from India. From India. Oh, very good. So, but what time of day, or is it daytime where you are now? 
Um, it's um, 12 um, p.m. afternoon. Oh, very good. We are 12 hours difference on totally different parts of the planet. Of course. Yeah. I'm I, very proud. I, I think that's really cool. Outside my window, there's snow, but I don't think you've got snow outside yours. Although I could be wrong oh, if you're in the mountains. It's so hot. It's so hot here. Oh, right. Well, you send me some sun, sun and I'll send you some snow. That sound good? <laughs> well, thank you very much, Karima, for calling in. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Please join my club also. I'm also over the Kalin and I have my own episode over the I'm the boss. Oh, I will definitely check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. for. I think that's definitely uh, the furthest call from furthest away that I've received uh, while doing the podcast. And that's definitely one of the really neat things about um, this app uh, is that you can talk with people and you can call in any time and communicate with somebody on the show. And, uh, and, and it's really uh, unique because just like that, uh, you can connect even if you're a whopping 20, 12 hours difference. <laughs> so... So there you go. Um, that is it for this evening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, the show. But I guess I can leave you with one word of advice today. And that would be that uh, you can, and love and adventure can mix. But uh, it's more likely to be better if you mix a little bit of love with misadventure. Good night. See you next time.